This podcast contains graphic language and subject matter that may be triggering for some. Listener discretion is advised. We are not fucking therapists. We are here to talk about our experiences and hope some people can relate, but it is not a substitute for medical advice or therapy. Get out of here, don't go, I don't know if I can take this anymore, I'm well aware that I need your help, one false move and I may melt, don't want to give you any false impressions, fuck the fucking fuck out of depression. Welcome to Fuck Depression. Welcome. I'm Lauren. I'm Brian. Brian, uh, I have to tell you that for some reason today on Zoom, your shirt is looking sparkly, even though I know it's yeah. not. It's my Chili Nelson shirt. I see I think that. It's looking up a green screen kind of feel. Yeah, it does. It's got like a sparkly, <laughs> and I like it. How is your week last? couple weeks been oh pretty shitty i lost my job i think the the corona thing but um i'm looking for a new one so that gives me something to do and i'm visiting my mom yay mom yeah she's doing well i've been going on a walk every day good having a good time you're gonna go shopping tomorrow get me some pants in case I get a job, I need some dress pants. I'm running low. So how have you been doing? I've got my ups and downs. I'm not going to lie, the last couple of weeks have been not the easiest with everything that's going on and some stuff in my personal life. But you know, I spent a lot of time trying to watch what's going on and educate myself and try to really be aware of the current situations and yeah this has been crazy in the news the last week or so it has and the more i learn the more i support the black lives matter movement not Mm -hmm. that i ever didn't but just the more i learn the more i really try to empathize with what's actually going on with this movement why this movement is happening why this movement is happening now. And it has been encouraging to see that there has been some changes, not huge, huge, significant changes like everybody would like to see, but there have been some changes that have made, you know, the the officers who killed George, George Floyd, they have been arrested, all four of them now. Uh, there's been some other people who've been let go from forces for other brutality events. Uh, And there's been a lot of talks with different cities about really trying to make a change in policies and procedures. It's not Mm -hmm. as widespread as everybody would like, but at least there is that forward motion happening. Yeah. I've seen several jurisdictions that have banned chokeholds. The move forward. No, that's huge. And this is also the largest civil rights protest movement that's ever happened. Oh, wow. Not only has it been happening in pretty much every state in the U.S., it's also moved internationally. Yeah, that's crazy how it's in other countries. Yeah, so there's never been a movement that has had as many protests as this movement has had, especially considering this is the issue that started in the U S but has now moved into many other countries that are now recognizing this problem and holding their own protests and support. Yeah, that's great. And a little bit of lighter news, not to ignore or anything of what's going on right now, but Personally, just personally, go back to something a little lighter. I did go to a brewery this weekend, which was really nice. Yeah, I went to uh, Brutorium. I don't know if you remember that one. It's up in Mm -hmm. north central Austin. Oh, you went to one in my neighborhood. 
Yeah, well, not not, not quite that far north. Not that far north. <laughs> no, not that far. Um, like north central, so still central. Yeah. But that was good. They are doing a really good job with social distancing, masks to order and pick up your drinks or food. And the only seating was outside. All the tables were six feet apart. Yeah, that's good. Um, but that was really nice to do something with people in person. And yeah. and afterwards, uh, I went with my friend back to her apartment and got to see her kittens and swim in her pool for a little bit. Yeah, just to... I miss swimming. Yes. Are there a lot of pools in Mississippi where you are? None that I know of. It's not like Austin. Weird. Yeah, and most of the ones in Austin I know of are closed. Well, like apartment pools and stuff like that are open. Not all of them. I have a friend that lives in apartments, and we were going to go swimming, and hers was closed. So some of them are still closed, but yeah, I'll be able to find one when I get back. Well, um... If you are coming back this weekend, I would tell you that I'm doing like a really, really small birthday thing because my birthday is June 17th. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. But I'm planning to have just a couple people over to go swim in the pool at my my community where I live and mm-hmm. maybe do some food and drinks and stuff, but it'll be like, it's not like my usual where usually if I'm doing anything, I'd send like a super mass invite out to pretty much anybody in Austin that's friends with me on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not doing that this time. I'm just inviting a couple of people. So it'll probably be around 10 people total. All right. I'm not sure when I'm coming back. It depends on how fast we get stuff done. Yeah. My mom has a list of stuff I need to do, but I'll let you know. Yeah, keep me updated. So what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about LGBTQIA plus issues with depression. Okay. I have to, like, remember the acronym every time. Yeah, well, I I haven't heard some of those. What do they all stand for? So it's lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, and plus. Okay. So all the other things that go into that. Are we going to go over what all that means? We can. No, I'm, what, I don't know what plus is. That's just including anything that's not inclusive. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I was thinking plus is a sexual. No, no, no. That's just like in addition to any of the things that, or any of the people who don't feel that they fit into any of those other categories. Gotcha. Because there's like pansexual and there's people that don't necessarily fit into one of those categories, but aren't necessarily a cis hetero person right and so for people who don't know cis is cisgendered so it's spelled c-i-s and that is people who identify as the gender that they were born as so the majority of people brian you and i are both cisgendered individuals good to know and of course, hetero is being heterosexual, being attracted to the opposite gender. Yeah. What's the opposite of cis? Cisgender doesn't have anything to do with heterosexuality. Gotcha. So your gender and your sexual identification or sexual orientation are different. So you can be trans and anywhere on the spectrum between gay, bi, and hetero, or you can be cisgender and any of those things as well. Gotcha. And then there's people who identify as non-binary, who are not tied to a male or female gender necessarily. Okay. That may kind of 
have days where they feel more masculine or more feminine or just in general feel more kind of in the middle, more androgynous. Mm -hmm. And all of those are valid. And all of those are things that are okay to be, that are amazing to be. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Unfortunately though, society is still not a hundred percent accepting of a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. People who are gay or queer are more accepted now than they've ever been, but there are still places in America and in other countries where there are still people who are very close-minded to people who are attracted to people of the same sex or people of different, you know, who are not necessarily just heterosexual. Right. Is there a difference between gay and queer? So that's a really good question. Well, thank you. (laughs) So gay tends to refer traditionally to men who are attracted to other men, but it is also sometimes applied to lesbians. So women who are attracted to other women. Queer is more of an all-inclusive term to encompass people who are on the spectrum anywhere from being gay or lesbian to bisexual to pansexuals. Mm -hmm. So it's more just kind of an all-inclusive term. Um, They're sometimes used interchangeably. Like myself, I am not 100% straight. I fall more on the bisexual spectrum. So I actually do technically fall into the queer umbrella. All right. But I recognize that I have straight passing privilege, which is people don't look at me and assume that I am queer. Yeah. And that's, you know, I I didn't choose it. I didn't want it, but that's just something that I have. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a huge misunderstanding with bisexuality. A lot of people who are bisexual fall into straight passing privilege where they don't necessarily look or act in a way that other people assume that they are queer. Yeah. And sometimes it's with the bisexual community, they actually have more mental health problems. I think because they don't have that community of the straight people and they don't necessarily have as much of community with the people who are strictly lesbian or gay. Right. They don't fit in as well. Right. And bisexuality is also like so many other things. It's a spectrum. So just because somebody is bisexual does not mean that they are 50% attracted to male presenting and female presenting people. It it doesn't necessarily mean that it's 50, 50. There's, Um, something called a Kinsey scale that you can look up. And the Kinsey scale is, it's got on one end the 100% gay or lesbian, and on the other end, 100% heterosexual. But it's a scale. You can be like 75% attracted to male presenting people and 25% attracted to female presenting people. It's not always necessarily a 50-50 thing. And it can change based on the time in your life or the day. Like it doesn't have to be not a black and white thing at all. Like there's very much, you know, an in the middle and in the between. And the in-between does not have to be a 50-50 ratio just because you're bisexual. I think a lot of people have trouble with that because they just can't see that. And um, I personally had one person I was talking to who I was trying to talk to them about and explain bisexuality. And they were like, well, if you are a female and you date a girl, you're a lesbian. If you're a female and you date a guy, you're straight. And I'm like, but what if you like both? And they're like, no, no, no. If you date a guy, you're straight. If you date a girl, you're a lesbian. It's like, that's not. Things can change. 
<laughs> not how that works. <laughs> it's not how that works at all. Um, and I think that's part of the problem is because people who are bisexual but are in a heterosexual relationship mm-hmm. will just be labeled as heterosexual. So, oh, you're a woman dating a man, so obviously you're straight. Right. Like, just because you're a woman dating a man doesn't mean that you're not attracted to women. It just means that you, in this point in time, are happen to be dating a male-presenting person. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that forever that's all you're attracted to. Yeah. And same for the other way around. If you're a woman dating a woman, you might be a lesbian, but you might also be bisexual. And both of those are completely valid. But people tend mm-hmm. to just assume because whatever relationship you're in at the time, that's 100% what you are all the time. Yeah. It can be frustrating, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> it can. And, you know, all of them are valid and everybody deserves the right to be attracted to whatever gender of person that they find attractive or non-binary you know, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the most important thing is that love is love. Anything that happens between consenting adults is valid and good and okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> there is no reason not to accept people. As long as it's consenting adults, that's the only thing that fucking matters. Amen. So I looked up some of the stuff going on um, as far as with depression and the LGBTQIA plus community. One of the first things I found is that, well, actually, I didn't put this statistics in my notes, but I know I, I read it. The statistics for people who are straight is still in the 90 percentile. So regardless of anything else, people who are LGBTQ plus, IA plus, the more I have to say that, the more I'm going to start mixing up letters. (laughs) But the people who are not in that straight category is a much higher percentage of dealing with mental health issues. Okay. And one of the big reasons for that is there's something called minority stress, which is a community that is not super large, who is having to deal with non-acceptance from the rest of society and communities. Yeah. And with the LGBTQIA plus community, that's still a problem. There are more people who are coming out, and I think our younger generation is going to have more people who come out. And I want to say that definitively, that does not mean that anybody is being talked into being different than they are. It's because it's now more acceptable than it's ever been to be able to be openly gay or openly lesbian or openly trans. Mm -hmm. And anybody who says differently has not looked at history very closely. Yeah. These things have always been around. They always will be around. It's not the influence of media. It's not TV. It's just fucking people being comfortable, being able to say, how they actually feel and how they actually associate and how they actually are like what they actually are and just be open about it for once. Exactly. Some things that I found interesting. So we've talked about cisgender. Let's talk about transgender for a second. Okay. So transgender as somebody that feels like they are, born into a body that does not represent the gender that they actually are. Yeah, that has to be very stressful. Having that sense of the way you look does not at all embody how you feel, and not just in a 
oh, I wish I looked this way or that way. Because we all have those little things of like, I wish my hair was curly. No, not that at all. Just at a fundamental level of your entire, everything everybody expects of you doesn't match what you are. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're born into a female body, but you know that you're actually a man or vice versa, that's not an easy childhood. No, not at all. It would be really tough. Hopefully more and more parents are being open-minded and accepting, but there are still those people that are growing up in families that don't understand and just immediately dismiss of, oh, this is a phase or, oh, they're just a kid or, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Because, I mean, there's still families that don't accept People is gay. So can you imagine one of those families who has a child who is transgender? Yeah, that would be hell for the kid. Totally. So transgender youth, one of the things I found in my research is that family and community support makes a huge difference. And if they have support from their family, they actually have about the same rate of mental health issues with depression and suicide as children who are non-transgender. However, in general, taking, you know, the, those families that are either on the fence or just not accepting at all, transgender youth are about four times at risk to experience depression. And they're also more at risk for suicidal ideation or suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a huge difference. It's it's scary. Yeah. And that family support, that community support makes a huge difference. I know we can't choose our families, but I think one of the big things to think about is do you, have a choice in how we are in society, how we present to society, how we accept people in our society. So just because it's not your fucking kid, you should still be a supportive individual in general. Yeah, definitely. Anything you can do, try to do. You know, if if somebody who is transgender transgender comes across you in life, the best thing you can do is to be supportive. Don't accept people how they are. So another statistics I found was that 15% of the LGBTQ population of adults had an issue with alcohol or drug use Hmm. compared to 8% of people who don't identify that way. No, that's a big jump. It's almost twice the percentage, and that goes back to, I'm sure, acceptance in the community. Mm -hmm. Alcohol and drug abuse are almost always a coping mechanism for other issues. It's, there was a study, and I didn't think about it till now, so read it a long time ago, but they did a study on rats and they gave rats the option of water or water that was mixed with some hallucinogens. And the rats that were kept in the cage, that it was just the the one rat, they didn't have any friends or really any stimulus, almost all took the drugs until they died. It yeah. just basically killed themselves on the drug. And so a lot of times, a lot of the studies that used to be done on drug addiction, that's how they do them. They'd stick at a rat in a cage with the option of water or a drug and nothing else. There was Mm -hmm. no friend. There was no entertainment. It was just, you're in a rat in a cage and you can either drink water or you can drink the fun juice. (laughs) Yeah. But what they found out, there was one researcher who finally did a a study and 
put rats in a cage with other rats. And yeah, you built the rat park. That's what yeah. they called it. Yeah, they built Rat Park and they put them all together and they gave them tubes and tunnels and things to play with. And they would still use the drugs, but they weren't killing themselves on the drugs. Mm -hmm. Like the, the drug use went down significantly and they would drink a lot more of the water because the thing that was actually driving those rats to kill themselves from the drugs the, the depression, the loneliness. Yeah, being alone. It, it wasn't because drugs are that fun. It's, <laughs> um, and I mean, drugs can be fun, but for almost anyone that has a problem with drugs or alcohol, the problem is not because drugs and alcohol are so addicting, even though they can be addicting. It's, almost always an underlying issue of something that happened in that person's life that is causing them to feel like they need that escape. Mm -hmm. Another thing I found was with the LGBTQ plus, no, with the LGBTIA plus community. Forget the Q. Yes, I forgot the Q. The long acronym community. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) It really does depend on where you live, too. Mm -hmm. People who live in places that are more accepting, that don't have laws and that are against those people, that don't have a community that's against those people, fare much better. I looked at a map on the uh, Mental Health Association of America's website that showed percentages of LGBTQ plus IA. Put the plus in the wrong place, but I got all the letters right that time. All right, got it. And the people who lived in those, like, percentage, and, like, Texas is about 3% of people are identify in the LGBTQ plus, no, LGBTQ. L B G T Q I plus. Gonna put the plus at the end. Or it's around three percent. Like California, New York, around five percent, and then it goes lower as you go into you know the 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 middle of the U.S. Mm -hmm. Kind of as you'd expect, but and even in Texas though, there's a big big difference between people living in Austin and people living in East Texas, Lubbock. Yeah, for sure. Austin attracts more liberal people. Yeah. So that area you live in makes a huge difference because if you're living in Austin, and I'm not going to say that we are the best community to live in by any means, but here compared to kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, where you're hanging out. (laughs) It makes a difference because there is community there. In Austin, you can find a community of people that identifies the way that you identify. And that even among, you know, a part of the reason I like being here is because vegan is more accepted. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different thing because veganism is 100% my choice. It is not something that I was born with, but it does make a difference being in a community where people understand what you go through. Yeah, I'm sure. I cannot imagine being somewhere where you were one of the, you know, one or only people who identify as a certain way. Wouldn't be easy here. So having that support system, having that community, even if it's, you know, having the familiar support, your your family is probably the most helpful thing if that's mm-hmm. an option. But if that's not an option, then I would say moving to somewhere that has the community support is the next best thing. Yeah. Sure. I think that's probably why we see kind of pockets of people because you kind of have to move to find that support. Sometimes if you come from a really rural area, you might be the only gay person in town. How would you stay there? Yeah, that would be tough. 
So one of the other things that I found that is sad but true is that there's been studies that show that hospitals and healthcare providers sometimes discriminate against people with different sexual orientations who are or who are transgender. Hmm. And that can, that can make it so much harder for people to go get the health care that they need. Yeah, really. And especially when it comes to mental health care, you know, finding the right mental health care professional is not always easy regardless, just in general. You can be the most cis, straight, white, whatever, and it still might take you a couple of therapists to find the one that is a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. If you're anything other than, you know, cis straight white, you've got other things to pile on top of it to try to find the right person. Yeah. You know, I'd like to think most healthcare professionals are trying their best. When it comes to LGBTQIA+, I feel like in 2020, we should all have at least a baseline understanding of what that is and how to Mm -hmm. talk to those individuals, how to not misgender people, how to not discriminate against those people. But unfortunately, from what I was reading, it doesn't seem like we're quite there yet. One of the other things I read is in the the POC community and the people of color, um, especially with black people, there is an issue with them not seeking help, mental health treatment at all. So within the black community, people who are LBGTQI plus are about this equal as far as the statistics of the amount of people or the percentage of people who suffer from depression or anxiety or other mental health illnesses as other races, but they are less likely to seek mental health care. Is that a cultural thing you think? So I think it's a little bit of cultural, but I think it's also issues with access to healthcare and Mm -hmm. access to finances. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, statistically people of color are still not as privileged when it comes, especially in America. You know, I'm very much talking about America with this because we do not have universal healthcare. We do not have access to that. It's not happening anytime soon because there's no candidate for 2020 that that's going to happen. Yeah. No. Uh, at least no realistic candidate. There is probably, uh, you know, we can all vote for Verbin Supreme. <laughs> Have you heard of him? No. He is a guy who's been running for president since the 70s. I think like the 70s or 80s, like a long, long time. He's wow. Every election, but he's usually only on the ballot in a couple states. He wears a boot on his head as a hat. <laughs> his platform is toothbrushing is mandatory for all, and every kid gets a pony. Sounds like an interesting guy. He is. I follow him on Facebook, and he is very interesting. I don't think I actually want him as president, but he's very entertaining. Yeah, I can imagine. I really think more of his, the reason he runs is kind of why Trump originally started to run, of just to show how ridiculous it all was. Yeah. (laughs) He just didn't, has never gotten to the point where, like, winning would be a reality. Right. But anyways, so yes, universal health care is not going to happen anytime soon in America. So unfortunately, lower income people and especially people of color seem to be more vulnerable vulnerable to not having access mm-hmm. 
And I really hope that that changes. I don't know how it'll change or when it'll change, but one of the things I think that is going to be really important is for people who do have means, who do have access to income, who do have access to things, is to really support organizations that are trying to make those changes, that are lobbying for those changes, or nonprofits who are doing it out of their own pocket. Yeah. Because there is so many people that don't have access to the mental health care that they need. And there's so many people who need it desperately. And the most, the people who need it the most are the ones that are often just kind of outside of the radar of the government and those policies. And they're, they're not recognizing these things. Yeah transitioning or you know getting health care as a any sort of lesbian gay queer person should not be more difficult Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be they have every right and they're just as much of a they deserve it just as much as literally anybody else and I mean, even up until a couple of years ago, I think people who are gay couldn't donate blood. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know they changed it. I remember that question being on one of the ones when I would donate. I think that they have changed it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that they have finally changed that. Because mm-hmm. that was, you know, there's still leftover from the 80s this huge issue with the the AIDS epidemic that we had where people mm-hmm. not really understanding what caused that and thinking that it was just a gay disease yeah and that's why they wouldn't allow people who are gay to donate blood was because of the fundamental misunderstanding of how that disease was spread mm-hmm even though they test all of the blood that you donated now. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No. And a straight person could also be infected with HIV. It doesn't, just because I'm straight doesn't mean that I have no possibility of being infected with it. And you're going to test my blood when I donate it. So excluding this huge population of people who's willing to donate blood it's just stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. With that, would you like to take a quick break Sure. Okay. I haven't played this in a while, so let's see what happens. <laughs> Special thanks to Aaron, our newest Patreon. Aaron... I just want to run up to you and say a huge thank you from Fuck Depression. If you've been thinking about becoming a Patreon supporter, please head over to patreon.com slash fckdepression and you can sign up for one of our tiers. Coming up this month, we are going to be having our very first live question and answer. And I would love to have as many people as possible join us. So thanks so much to everyone who has joined Patreon. And a special thank you this week to Aaron. You've probably heard me talk about BetterHelp before. It's a fantastic app that has helped me to connect with an amazing therapist. I was able to message them whenever I needed and scheduled once a week video chat sessions. The app is secure and allows you to access your therapist and have communication with your therapist from the convenience of your phone, wherever you are. At home, at work, even while traveling, you can communicate with your therapist. The app is secure and easy to use, and most importantly, makes communication with your therapist more accessible than traditional therapy. If you ever need to change therapists, it is easy and free to do so. And it is also more affordable than in-person therapy. So go now to betterhelp.com 
slash fckdepression for 10% off of your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash fckdepression. Fuck depression. Get better help. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, now it's easier than ever with Buzzsprout. We use them and have had great luck. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll also get a great-looking podcast website, audio players, detailed analytics, tools to promote your episodes, and more. So if you're ready to start a podcast and would like to help support our show, just follow the link in the show notes. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, Brian. So I wanted to point out an organization that I found out about since the last couple weeks that I think is doing a lot of really great things for depression, for the LGBTQI plus community. So have you heard of the Trevor Project? I don't believe I have. Okay. So the Trevor Project was created in 1998 with the people who made a short film that won some Academy Awards called Trevor. Mm -hmm. I have not yet watched the film, but they they have become one of the leading national organizations providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning people under 25. So okay, they are working to do studies. If you go to their website or if you, their Facebooks and stuff like that, they have ways to contact crisis counselors via phone or text or chat that are available 24 hours a day, which is great. And since they are specifically using people who are trained and training people for crisis management for the LGBTQ plus, no, I keep putting the plus in the wrong place. LGBTQ. I plus. There you go. Nailed it. LGBTQ I plus communities. Even if your depression or your suicidal ideation isn't necessarily related to those issues, it's still a good resource to reach out to if you're part of that community. Yeah, definitely. And they're also doing research. So, like the research that I talked about where People who are like Americans who are black, who are part of this LGBTQI plus community who are not seeking mental health, but they're actually the ones that funded that research to find mm-hmm. that information. Interesting. I am hoping that they expand further. I was looking, they do not yet have an Austin chapter. If I get more time in the day, I would love to create an Austin chapter for them. Yeah. Uh, Currently, they do have D.C., New York, and then two in California, I believe. Mm -hmm. But they have a huge online presence, and they're doing a lot to try to help with the crisis, help with the, the community right now. Uh, with their crisis lines. I think that it's a great organization. And if you're looking for things to donate to for pride month, there's a lot of great things, but this is definitely one I would put on your list for at Mm -hmm. least looking into some happy shit. It is, but I have one more happy shit. All right. Two happy shits. This is quite a podcast. It's a double shit day. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm the only one laughing here. It's fine. So in Philadelphia, 
There is a woman who is a psychotherapist and founder of the Ocean Family Center, which is a Jenkinstown, which is in Philadelphia, based nonprofit focusing on providing therapy services to women, children, and families from communities of color. But right now she has put together funding and a system for people of color to get free mental health care. So she's mm. in the Philadelphia area. I'm not sure how far this uh, healthcare is reaching right now, but I do know it's in the Philadelphia area. But basically she said between the coronavirus pandemic and the systematic police brutality that's resulted in the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, the African-American community is facing a mental health crisis. And when you pile direct, and this is a quote from her, when you pile direct trauma with vicarious trauma, seeing the images on social media, seeing the injuries in our court system, it is just the hurt that I see in my community. So they're looking to give free mental health care. They originally had a goal of $5,000 to provide free to the black community. They've Mm -hmm. since surpassed that, which is amazing. All right. The people that they take in with this uh, program that she set up, they're trying to give them eight sessions. And then after the eight sessions, if they need more, they're hoping to set up a sliding scale. But they still want to be able to fairly pay the psychiatrists and mental health care professionals that are participating in this, mm-hmm. um, which are mental health care professionals who are people of color as well, which I think is important because... I will just fucking say, like, as a white person, I would not say that I could ever give the best. I, I'm not a mental health care professional, but I would just say, like, us white people in general, we're not going to have the experience to give the best right. health care to people of color when they're dealing with issues of systemic racism like we are right now. Because mm-hmm. I can see it and I can observe it. Unless you're experiencing something, it's, you know, okay. All healthcare professionals are going to have to give advice on things that they're not necessarily experiencing. But I think having somebody that also has experienced it, yeah, someone that's going to understand more, they're going to understand more. And I think that that's. That's great that they're doing that. And especially right now with all the protests that are going on, that is going to cause people to have PTSD. Yeah, I'm sure. I have a friend. She's not a person of color, but she was out at the protests. And everything was peaceful, but the police started shooting rubber bullets. And somebody near her who was a black person was hit and her and a couple of their friends picked that person up and it was running them over to medics while they were still being shot at. And so, you know, for that person that got hit, that was bleeding out, that was horribly injured by something that's supposed to be a non-lethal weapon that had to get surgery from this situation. Oh yeah. That's going to be very traumatic. Yeah. And, you know, everybody that's at these protests, which I fully support, and I am happy with the changes that have been made so far, and I hope that there's a lot more changes and that we Mm -hmm. really move forward in this country. But regardless, being out there and being peaceful and then having police shoot at you, regardless of if it's a bullet or a rubble rubber bullet or a beanbag like it's traumatic we're going to have people from this that have fucking ptsd Mm -hmm. like that's not even a question so the fact that she's doing this setting this up 
I will put the link to her PayPal up on the show notes. Um, oh, if that's you, great. Yeah, so if people can donate, please do, do donate. I would love for this to be a nationwide thing because our people, our brothers and sisters are going to need this in the next couple months, two years. It may mean, I don't know, but definitely the next couple of months, people are going to need it. If people don't have access to it with their healthcare, especially people of color, and we should support our people of color. I, I think that this is great that she's doing it. And if you want to look her up, her name is Salima McNeil. Pulled her up. She does have a Twitter. I am kind of nosy. So I even pulled up like her, her doctor credentials and they are fucking there. She is like a legit therapist. Like, Good to know. Yeah. Like, I mean, anybody could set this up and I would support them in setting it up, but this is an actual therapist setting this up and not just a therapist. It's a black woman who is wanting to support her community and we should also want to support her. I want to support her. Yeah. Did I miss anything? I know that (laughs) I talked a lot. You didn't talk as much. So you say some stuff. Oh, I don't, I, I agree with you. We should, we should be behind this, the protesters and the OBGTQIA plus community and support them and accept them into society for sure. And it's pride month. Yay. My birthday's in pride month. All right. All right. Well, another rep. I think so. The harmonica is out. And then I am going to do my best to get this edited in time. (laughs) Fuck depression. Fuck it. Fuck it. Thanks so much for listening to Fuck Depression. Fuck Depression really appreciates all of our listeners. And for those listeners who are wanting to help support our show so we can continue to make improvements, including to our sound quality, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fckdepression. We have new tiers that are up, including one where you get a shout out on air and one where you can even pick an episode topic. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of the links to those social media accounts are in the link tree in the show notes below. Artwork for the show was created for us by Nefer Kalyas. And the theme song for the show was created by Wade Rowland. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can always email us at fckdepressionpod at gmail.com. And until next time, shit fire and peachy keen. One false move I may mad.